to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And this week's guest I'm having on today, I'm going to be welcoming Mr. Carlos Cruz to the podcast. Carlos, welcome to the show and thank you for doing this. How are you doing today? Uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Started off the morning with a no-gi training session. Nice. So feeling good. Good, good. Glad to yeah. hear that. So having Carlos on, uh, you know, I, I was aware of this, but for some reason it never clicked. And then you messaged me the other day, uh, your victory at Arte Suave back in February. And on the belt, like you messaged me, you said, I won the BJJ well, Wiki belt. I have it right here. <laughs> um, and and I was aware of the belt. I knew about it, but it, I don't know why my brain. Oh, I love to that looks so good. God damn, that's beautiful. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, yeah, Carlos shot me a message and was like, hey, man, I won the belt. And I'm looking. I was like, oh, shit. Nice. Nice. You know, I started scrolling through. I was like, let me get this guy on the show. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about this. So, um, obviously, as we know, you compete your grappler uh blue belt yeah i'm a blue belt nice nice all right we share that in common uh, oh. with you with you competing I, I guess a feeling that you might be a step above or five steps above me but you know good for you um so how long have you been training i've been training jujitsu for four years now actually okay all right cool and 29 march 2019 march 2019 Okay. Oh, nice. So yeah, like the anniversary, like just passed up. Mm -hmm. Um, you do any other martial arts? No. Um, I, as a kid, I, I did do a few karate classes, but you know, I'm a kid, so, um, it, it depends on if my parents would take me or not. So eventually I would just kind of stop going, you know, my parents were busy. So I never really, you know, stuck with any, any martial art at karate, at least. Um, but I watched a lot of WWE as a kid. Um, John Cena, Undertaker, the Hardy Bros, all that. So I always liked to like wrestle uh, or like roughhouse, um, but never watched UFC or anything like that. Um, so jujitsu is my first legit martial art. Didn't even know what jujitsu was uh, until I walked into the gym. Jeez. What was that experience like? Like what? What like even led you into just walking into a gym? Because that's a tough thing sometimes for people when you don't have the background. You just one day walk into the gym and is like, I'm going to do this. So what was that experience like for you? What What even led you to walk in? Uh, I always like being active. So before jujitsu, I would play basketball a ton, just a bunch of street ball pickup games. Uh, but I really like superheroes. Batman, The Flash, Superman, uh, all the movies. So when I watch those, I'm like, dang, the, can the human body really do that? And I was lifting, and I got to 220 pounds. Right now, I'm 170. Um, I wasn't doing any cardio. And then I, I thought to myself, I can't do anything. Like, yeah, I can lift weights, 
but other than that, I feel like I can't really do much. So I finished up an internship I was doing, saved up some money, uh, walked into the gym, bought all the stuff I needed, and just got started from there. You know, that that's one of those things where when you're active and I know for myself, I was kind of in a similar boat. I was lifting weights, playing basketball, you know, you know, again, pickup games, uh, football, like in the flag leagues and stuff like that. And, you know, just one day was like, I, you know, I want to try something different and, you know, found jujitsu myself that same way. Uh, one thing that you said that kind of reminds me of something at the gym. Uh, I used to go to this gym, Lifetime Fitness out here uh, across the street from work. And there's this guy whose biceps were probably the size of my head. And I got a big ass head. And this dude, his arms were massive. And I remember my, my uh, co-worker was like, actually my co-host for uh, my other podcast, Colompton. He and I would always go to the gym. You know, we're lifting. We're like, yeah, you know, let's let's get stronger. And we saw this dude. I remember we looked at each other. was like, yo, what the fuck can that dude do? Like, look at his arms. Yeah. He can't fucking play basketball. He can't play fucking baseball. He can't even fucking hold a baseball bat. What, like, what is the point of all that? And then I think that's right around when my mind shifted. I was like, then I was like, well, I'm kind of on the same path. Let me go fucking do something else, man, before I end up like, you know, fucking balloon animal over here and I can't fucking yeah. open the door. Um, so walking in, what was that experience like for you? Though? Like, like when, when you went in, and did your trial, you know, and everything. How did you feel? Yeah, it was kind of intimidating, you know, seeing everyone in the keys. Yeah, you know, it's like a whole new environment that I'm not used to. But once we started um, rolling, you know, I don't, I don't know anything, right? But you know, I I got wrecked, and then I go home and YouTube jujitsu, and then I'm looking at these videos, and I'm like. Oh, you, you can grab anything. Oh, you can, you can, there's no rules basically. Obviously, you know, no striking all that. But when I saw that, I was like so excited to go back. And I knew it was like something that I didn't know anything about, but I knew that, if, you know, I wanted to do it. I had a, I had a blast. It was so much fun. I couldn't wait to get back. Uh, I was excited. So even though it was kind of intimidating, you know, not really like knowing anything, everyone around you kind of already like knows each other, talking about techniques, things like that. You kind of feel out of place, but you know, you, I kept showing up and now here I am. And that's the key. You just keep showing up because the second that you stop, it gets harder and harder to come back. So but I'm glad you, you know, stuck with it. And, you know, here you are and, you know, you get most guys, they come in, you know, they, figure it out and then they either become that guy that you know they're just there or you know you go to the other end of the spectrum where they become that guy that competes now when you started doing jiu-jitsu how soon into your journey did you start competing six months into jiu-jitsu okay uh yeah i signed up for a competition i didn't really know about the whole world of competition jiu-jitsu or anything when i first signed up i signed up and you know it was just i was just uh learning as i go and then you know on instagram you start following all the all the pages start seeing all the videos uh and then you're like oh this is something i want to do eventually and then i saw a tournament was coming up so i signed up 
And, you know, I thought it was going to be, you know, it was, it was, it was only like six months into the, into my um, jujitsu journey. So I signed up maybe like four months into it. And I thought it was just going to be me by myself there. But when I, when, when I went, you know, the, the whole squad showed up the whole, like most, a lot of people from the gym, there was other people competing. There was people cheering for me. Um, we were cheering for each other. It was, it was a great experience. And I didn't really expect that. You know, I thought I was going to show up and just do my thing, see what happens. I, I ended up losing. I only had one match, but yeah, I uh, enjoyed it. It was my only match that had a white belt. And then a blue belt, I started uh, competing some more. Okay. How long in did it take you uh, to to get to your blue belt? A year and a half. Okay. So, so you know the the you know relatively typical uh, journey thus far. You know, get in, compete at about six months. You know, about a year and a half in, get your blue belt. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's solid. Pretty cool. And for you. Finding Arte Suave, how'd that come about with uh, that competition? So I remember this clearly. I was laying in bed Saturday night, just on my phone scrolling. And then, boom, uh, one of the guys, uh, David Mitchell from our uh, from our gym, hits the group message saying, we need, does anyone want to compete 180 pounds Arte Suave? Uh, for a super fight and then just impulsively i say me right i'm just laying in bed and i say me and then he was like uh, and then that was it and then he set it up they messaged me on instagram i sent them a photo then we created the poster and then within like a day or two the match was set and then i was like like i don't know i didn't expect that because i was just laying in bed and then he hit the group chat and I just said, me, I'm doing it. So, and then the match, it was a short term. Uh, uh, it was like short notice. So the match was actually the following week. Oh. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I put some pressure on myself, but I hadn't done a super fight before. But I have, I think I have competed before that. Yeah, I have. And I'm, I was excited. I wanted to do it. It was outside my comfort zone. And that's kind of where I wanted to be. And then a week later, I go and get a submission. Nice, nice. Yeah, as I was doing my my um, Instagram stalking, I'm looking it's like, okay, he's undefeated at Arte Suave. You know, it's not just like you know a one and done type deal. So, I mean, sounds like that's a you know that's your turf now. So, actually, I'm I'm gonna have Fredo on uh, upcoming from uh, Arte Suave and. They might have to let him know, like, hey, man, it sounds like Carlos is running things over there. He's, he's in that competition undefeated. Start paying yeah. that dude. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think my next – the next uh, match will be a, a really good test. It won't be until July. I already – I know who my opponent is going to be. It's not official yet, but I'm, uh, I think it's it's going to be him. He's also 4-0. Um, I'm 4-0. Uh, we've been in uh, the same bracket at a, a tournament before, but we didn't compete against each other. Um, I made it to the finals. He didn't. I lost in the finals. 
but I think it'll be a good match. Uh, he, he looks like he's aggressive. He's hungry, just like me. So I can't wait for that. It's going to be in July. Nice. And a, a title defense. So I, I, if I'm correct, no one has defended the belt successfully on Arte Swamp. Everyone has um, uh, won the belt and then lost it. Uh, so my goal is to, to and still be champion after that. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to tune in for that and and pump it up as much as I can as it's leading in. And you know, just looking through your Instagram, just seeing you know like the highlight rooms and and everything. You know, I believe you know I, I believe you know that that's going to be a like you said it's going to be a test. But I think you yeah. got it in the bag. So, you know, and, you know, you got to you got to defend your territory. You got to defend, you know, defend your belt, the BJJ Wiki belt. Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like when it comes to a super fight, I have so much momentum right now since I'm undefeated. And in a tournament, I usually lose like in the in the finals or like in the third round. I can I can build the streak. Um, but so one if it's just one match i'm completely confident i can win i i so i don't see myself losing uh ibjf santa cruz is next weekend yeah so i'm doing that lightweight division i think it's going to be five matches to gold and yeah. i believe i can do it so that's going to be an uh, it's good i'm doing gi though not no gi so it'll just be a good practice for Worlds and for the Arte Swap uh, uh, Championship defending the belt. So do you have a preference between the two, Gi versus no Gi? I like Gi better. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I train – I mostly train Gi, but I'll go to, like, no Gi open mats uh, just yeah. because I enjoy jujitsu. But I like the Gi. I feel like I have superpowers when I have the Gi on. <laughs> We share that in common as well. Yeah. Um, I, there's always, you know, that debate, gi versus no gi, which is better. And I don't know. I mean, it's just grappling. It's all grappling at the end of the day. So I don't think one trumps the other. But, you know, we do have our preferences. It's, it, it just becomes obnoxious when one group says to the other group that, you know, ours is better. Even though I will share memes to shit on both groups. And just make people think, oh, he loves no geese. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I just love jujitsu. But yeah. And it's it's really like I think it's the same. You know, like if you're gonna get a um a grip and no gi, you'll just get the same grip but just without the gi. Or yeah. I don't know, it's it's the same thing. There's obviously yeah. like a few, you know, differences and maybe like in your playing style. Like in gi, I'm going to use a lot more collar drags. You know, I'm doing a lot of drags, pulling. No gi, it's, it's a little harder for me to wrestle. Um, but you know, it's all learning. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a process, and as you move up in your, you know, your journey, you know, you, you know, that becomes more apparent. Is you know, I was talking with a teammate about that once, and our coach. You know, his comment was, ultimately, it's all grappling. No gi, gi, it doesn't matter. You know, you may have your preference, but it's all the same. I mean, I know one thing I like to do when I'm 
and again, I'm I primarily train gi right now. I think with my new schedule upcoming, I think I'm going to be at mostly no gi now. So, oh well, <laughs> that's my yeah, life. But, yeah, eventually you do know, you know, that's how it happens. Do no gi for a bit until the card makes you the cards have you do gi for a bit as well. Yeah, and I, I always try to in the gi, you know, get grips without using you know, the sleeves or the lapels and things like that, just because, again, if you, you know, you want to do something in no gi, you know, you're not going to have those advantages, you know, to your disposal. So that's one thing I do try to focus on in the gi. And that's not saying I don't use the grips. I, I will. But if I'm consciously thinking about it, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I get wrist control versus, you know, getting the sleeve control or get a collar tie versus going for, you know, lapel grips, things like that. But at the end of the day, as long as you're advancing your grappling game, that's what's important. So that, that's to everybody. I had a, wants to pick one over the other dicks. Yeah. I, I had a friend. He doesn't train. He told me that the gi seems unrealistic. And then I was all like, uh, <laughs> he's all like, yeah, no one's going to be wearing like the, that karate outfit. I mean, maybe he was just messing around maybe, but I was just like, it's like, it's pretty realistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it too. Okay. So in no gi versus gi in ideal of realism, no gi, you can't necessarily use someone's shirt to choke them and no gi. Whereas, Okay, let's say there's a scuffle out on the, you know, beach. Yeah, okay. You're probably not wearing, you know, shirts or something. So, yeah, that's where your no-gi comes into play. But if you're in a bar or something, you can choke someone with their T-shirts. You know, you can get grips on them. Whereas, you know, no one's walking around butt-naked for a fight. That would be extremely <laughs> weird, you know, yeah. in itself. So when people say gi is unrealistic, it's like no-gi feels even more unrealistic. But ultimately, yeah. just you know, you to be cool about it and then know what you're, know what you're doing. And then either situation is going to be realistic. I, I think that comment just comes from MMA, like from a perspective, an MMA perspective, since, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they're not wearing a gi and then you see a fight and like, Oh, you know, they're shirtless. They're not, they're not wearing a gi or anything like that, but yeah. it all works. Yeah. I mean, I, one of my, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a question for you though. Oh, yeah, um, how, how, why is, how did you get BJJ Wiki on the Arte Swap championship belt? So, um, as far as how I ended up on the belt, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know how that became a thing. Um, Fredo and I, when he started Arte Suave, I think this was before the first one even kicked off. I asked him to be on the podcast. He came on, we promoted the show, talked about it. And he, you know, he, he's been on pretty uh, regularly for the most part. So um, I've always felt like there's been kind of a relationship there between Arte Suave and BJJ Wiki, um, you know, throughout its um, earlier shows up to current. So, um, as to how I, you know, was fortunate enough for him to, you know, throw the logo on the belt. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I remember he messaged me and 
I feel like because I'm here in Maryland, so the time is, is you know, three hours difference. So I feel like he shot me a message, you know, late for me. It was like a wild hour. And I recall seeing him saying that, you know, he would put, he was going to put the BJJ Wiki logo on the belt. And, you know, I thought I was just kind of hallucinating. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, awesome, dude. Like, whatever. I, I don't, I don't, that's not a thing. That's not real. And I moved on with my life. And then he sent me a picture and it still didn't really click in my head. I was just like, okay, work. <laughs> you moved on. And then when you messaged me, then it was like, oh shit, that's okay. And then I text one of my team. He was like, so this is a thing. He was like, holy shit. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Um, I think I knew, but I just kept like not believing, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess just fortunate to you know be you know friends with fredo and i like to think that we've had kind of a, a good you know friendship throughout the time since having having him on the show um just just lucky i guess yeah awesome now you're on the championship belt <laughs> engraved in history <laughs> hey I mean, it, 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 there's worse things that, you know, BJJ Wiki could be linked to. So I'm very, very thankful, you know, just for, you know, the mention. And I, I think, uh, yeah, he sent me a rash guard with uh, my logo on the rash guard along with a bunch of other sponsors. And I was like, dude, that's really, really, really cool. Thank you. So Fredo is has always been that dude that he gives back you know it's a stand-up guy and so whenever i think about arte suave and i and i tell my friends about arte suave you know the first thing i always like to mention is like this is a a group of good people you know so you know i'm I'm happy to be associated with it yeah it's, it's it's a really great event um you know it really puts a spotlight on on athletes who are hungry want to compete and it's it's a great show. Yeah, absolutely. My teammate and I we were looking at the upcoming schedule. So I told him, like, look, with me, I'm I'm gonna be switching jobs soon, so that opens my schedule up for the weekends again. So I was like, Oh snap, I can actually travel now. So I was like, You wanna go out there and um you know catch one of the events? He's like, Yeah. So we are going to show up to one. I don't know which one yet. It's gonna be sometime later. Show like, up to the just Oh, okay. I was going to say show up the July one. <laughs> can't do the July. I think he's going to be uh, competing. So I think he said he can't do that trip. And in myself, for July, got birthdays and stuff going on. So I was like, okay, we're, we're going to like cool out. Because at first when I brought up the idea, I was like, yo, you want to you know make a trip? And he was like, all right, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, Then he started going down the list like, well, I'm doing this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay, well, let's do, let's look at August or September. And he was like, um, you, you want to maybe try November? So, like, I think that's Phoenix. So I was like, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I got more people in, you know, California than I do in, in Arizona. But, you know, so we're, we're trying to negotiate when we can make what trip. But he's leaning towards November. I'm leaning towards you know, anywhere from August, September, October. I think September is still to be determined. So that's one where it's like, well, I mean, 
let me know what where it's going to be and you know see if i can convince my teammate to make that trip or just grab another teammate We're like yo what you doing trying to travel yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be like, fun yeah I, you know i think that's the thing with this whole thing for me with jiu-jitsu especially is just having fun with it you know there there are times where people take you know you want to take it serious but also you want to be able to make an adventure of it have fun with it meet new people see new places type deal versus just like i'm here to win no smiles i i agree yeah um i'm having so much fun with jujitsu all the i'm having recently i've been having so much fun just creating and editing my highlights and posting them on instagram before I, I wouldn't use Instagram at all. You know, I would post a picture every other two years or something. And then, and then I was all like, uh, you know, I started having fun with jujitsu and I'm like, you know, I'm going to start making my videos start. Uh, Cause I have this footage. I'm just going to start posting it, uh, see what happens. And then I kind of developed my own storyline and, you know, people are following along, um, you know, I'm meeting friends. Uh, from traveling places at competitions, building new rivals. Uh, it's all fun. Good. And, you know, you, it is like, I am serious, you know, about my training. Uh, I do, when I sign up for competition, I do want to win. Um, so, you know, that kind of maybe, you know, it doesn't stop me from having fun, but it, it creates like a, a new something a new experience I, I i don't know what to call it where you're trying to you know you take it seriously but also have fun and it just becomes super intense i don't know well there's a balance with that too though because again you, you know you want to take your training serious you want to take the competition serious you want to take your opponent serious and be respectful yeah. but you also want to take in that experience and and enjoy what it's about you know testing yourself, pushing yourself to the limits, testing someone else and pushing them to the limits. And then out of all of that, forming, you know, a, a bond, because that's one thing I try to explain to my friends who don't train is with jujitsu, you're going through something that, you know, other people don't tend to get, you know, w whenever I meet new people, like I, my, my best friend, whenever she's dating a new guy, you know, she introduces me to them and, you know, I'm nice when I shake hands. And my first thought is, I wonder if he grapples. If he <laughs> does. There's a patch yeah. of grass over here. So in, in, and with that though, what comes with it is you learn a lot about people and you're sharing a moment with each other where there's a trust because, you know, whether it be in the gym or in a competition or anywhere, you're putting a lot of trust in that person you're going up against because yes, they are trying to choke you unconscious. They are trying to hyperextend your arm or your knee, but you are also trusting them to let go when you let them know, Hey, you won and vice versa. They're trusting you. So there is kind of this dance that goes with it. And after the fact, you're like, Holy shit, that, that was, you know, how'd you get that on me or, or vice versa? You know, it's like, how'd you get that on me? And then you start that yeah. bond and you start talking. It, it's, dude, I don't know. Jiu-Jitsu is beautiful and I love it. And it, it just brings so much to everyone that's doing it, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. It really does. I've never, you know, before Jiu-Jitsu, 
before I even knew what it was, I wouldn't, if you told me that I'd be the Arte Swap Nogi champion doing these competitions, going to a Gi Worlds, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say or believe it. Uh, and now it's like, now it's motivating. Now I've like incorporated it into my life where I'm need to, where I need to be disciplined with my habits, how I eat, my time. Yeah. It's, it's it's really beneficial i feel like if yeah. you know if that's what you're looking for everyone has their own goals that is true i mean there there are some people you know like i try to i, I feel like <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like you know i'm a pyramid scheme guy where i'm trying to get people to join jujitsu it's like no no you'll really love it you'll really like it you'll benefit from it you know it's like why are you trying so hard to get us into this group are you a cold leader <laughs> like no i'm definitely not a leader um, I didn't say it wasn't a cult, but the thing is, it's not for everyone. You know, sometimes you'll get like my wife, you know, she and I, we've talked about this. And I actually just mentioned this on uh, my previous episode because I asked, you know, does your wife train? And I was like, no, she doesn't. And they're like, well, why not? And, you know, the, a big thing for her is she doesn't feel comfortable, like being that close to people and being under people and just going through what we go through as grapplers. I put up a post recently even talking about that, you know, if you're at a gym and you don't feel comfortable, speak, you know, speak up and let people know. I mean, and, you know, that's, of course, the, you know, the answer that, should, you know, we think should be there. You know, for some people, it's just not a thing for them. They don't feel comfortable. And honestly, it might take some time. I mean, I don't know that I ever had that problem coming in. I think, my only issue when I got onto the mat was being able to reprogram my brain to understand, like, I have to be patient. I have to pace myself instead of just trying to empty my gas tank, like, right out the gate and then realizing, oh, snap, I couldn't submit that, dude. Now I am dead. So. <laughs> yeah. And to add on to that, there's a lot of, like, other martial arts people can try. So I've had friends uh, who I've brought to, like, a trial class. And, you know, some of them have said they didn't like it because, you know, there's they're sweating on each other. They're dripping the sweat's dripping onto their face or they feel claustrophobic. Um, but, you know, there's Muay Thai, there's boxing, there's yeah. Taekwondo, Tai Chi, <laughs> you know, there's like yeah. there's like so many different types of martial arts. And it doesn't have to be Jiu Jitsu that, that someone goes into the because the goal, I feel like is that martial arts empowers people mm -hmm. and you can feel empowered with any of them. Yeah, absolutely. I had a friend, he showed up for a trial. He might've, yeah, yeah. I think he did uh, the week one week trial with us and he was paired off with myself and my regular training partner. And he watched her take my back and she's going for a rear naked choke. And he, he says, he's like, damn, y'all just get all up in there, don't you? And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't choke someone. Like, you know, when you watch a movie, somebody do that extended arm choke, it's like, ah, oh, punk-ass choke. That choke ain't going to hurt nobody. You know, you, you got to get up close and personal with people. And, you know, explain that to that friend. He wasn't necessarily comfortable there, so he went and did Muay Thai. And he's doing very well with that. So, Everybody has their niche. I mean, like it, if you started me in Muay Thai and my shins collided with somebody, I would tell you right there on that, you know, on that moment. Yeah, I'm not doing this no more. 
Like, what can we do with somebody <laughs> sweating in my face? Like, get, like, give me something that's a little bit more gritty and intimate. Oh, you got jujitsu? Say less. I'm there. Yeah. Shin, shin on shin, I'm good off that. It, I it, enjoy striking, but I don't know. I like jujitsu. Yeah. Like, I like the ideal of striking <laughs> and until, <laughs> you know, my shin hits somebody else's shin on accident. And the dude who I accidentally collided shins with, he was not phased. He, you know, just kept rolling. I dropped to the ground. He was like, oh, shit, you okay? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. And it was sore for three weeks. I had uh, injured my ribs. So I was like, I'm going to do Muay Thai. In the meantime, just keep my body kind of going, doing something. I was like, I'll just go back to jujitsu and risk uh, further injury to the ribs. I'm not colliding shins ever again. This is not okay. And that that wasn't even part of the exercise. I think just... I, I I timed something wrong and I hit his shin and I was like, dude, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want I don't want no part of this. Sorry. Yeah, Muay Thai um, takes a lot of damage on the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it puts a lot of damage. And I'm 27, and so when I like when I get into a new hobby, uh, I I'm super competitive. Like I like to get good at it. And eventually, you know, compete, whatever that hobby might be, whether it be basketball, card games, chess, any of that, video games. Um, and I'm like, okay, I started Jiu Jitsu at 23, but I feel like, you know, I'm competing against a lot of people who are younger than me. Not that I still feel super young, I, I, I feel strong, healthy, everything. But, you know, I, I need to, I like to think, on the aspect of longevity i'm like okay yeah. you know i, I can't I, i'm gonna stick with this uh it's going good i haven't been injured i haven't had too too bad of injuries yet thankfully um and yeah it's been going good 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 so you mentioned cards there um oh yeah and as i am doing my spying i saw uh card tricks Oh yeah, yeah. So, so um, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Like, how'd you get into uh, doing uh, card tricks? Because I, you know, I'm like watching through the stories. I was like, dude, what is this? Like, I need it out of nowhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I had made a note on my phone like a long time ago. Learn a card trick, and a month passed by. I, I used to work at GNC, and a month passed by and I'm just looking at the notes in my phone and I see the note that I made and I'm like, what the fuck? You haven't learned a card trick and it's been a month. So, so, um, what happened? I think I had a, I think I brought a car, a deck of cards that day to, to work. And I, uh, look up like an article, not a video or anything, just something. And I'm just following the steps. And then I just start doing it to like my coworker, right? And then a customer walks in and I, you know, after I help them with a the sale, all that, I'm like, oh, do you want to see a car trick? And she was like, yeah. So I show her the, the trick and she was like amazed and all that. And it used to be like the, the way it started was I have to put my hands behind my back twice originally. And then after a few customers that I would do tricks on, I was like, I don't like this. So I switched it. I, I changed it myself. 
and then for that specific trick and then i was able to do it all in, like in front of them and then eventually a customer would come in and they knew a card trick so then we exchanged a card trick that would actually happen sometimes um or not even that work uh, that's actually where i got most of my practice in it depends you know it depends on the vibe of the customer after i complete the sale you know they're you know we're all we're having a good time they have some time show them the card trick so it was a good sales tactic to upgrade their membership to a $40 membership. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so a lot of the tricks I learned were from other people, YouTube, um, and just started doing it. So I'd go to like, whatever I'm in the mood for, honestly, I'll be at a bar. I'll have, if I have a pack of cards on me, I'll just decide to do it. And then I don't know where there'd be like, five, six people watching. And then I have a few good ones that are pretty crazy. And the reaction is, is amazing. You know, everyone goes, starts going crazy. So they're going nuts over it. I think I've done magic in front of around like 15 to 20 people. Um, and it does get kind of nervous. You, I get kind of nervous because you, you can't mess up. And if you do mess up, you have to fix it which is harder to do. And I have messed up and I have had to fix it. Um, and it's a good icebreaker. Like, I think the story you saw, that was in Brazil. Um, yes, you know, just trying to bring everyone together so we can have some fun after. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think card tricks are kind of a good icebreaker and just kind of a, it, it's one of those things that, like you said, brings people together. It's like everybody loves a good car trick, whether it be they're amazed by it or they want to figure out how did he do it. But everyone yeah, they, so since I know how to do it, the illusion goes away. And so I don't have the illusion anymore. So I'm just doing it. I'm, I can be like, I need to learn some new ones, actually. I've kind of fallen off. I still, I still know them, but I haven't learned like a, a legit good one in a while. Um, Cause then I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to do this, these exact same ones anymore. Uh, you need something different. Yeah. I mean, you know, mixed up a little bit, you know, add some new, new, uh, flavors to the packet. I gotcha. Like, I don't know. I've always, I don't know if I've ever had the patience to learn a card trick. It, it's just it, like, I have patience for everything else, but for whatever reason, I don't have the patience to learn. And I love cards. I love playing card games. But if you're like, let's do some tricks, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of annoying because you need finger dexterity. You need to, like, you know, have the placement matters. And I feel like my hands are, like, super thick. That, like, some, they're not that flexible. Like, my wrist isn't that flexible. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, it, it gets kind of annoying. And you do, like, for some of the tricks, I think it took like a, it takes like a day to learn them. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's not really anything too crazy. You know, you, you're just like sitting, I'm just sitting at my desk, w w working the positions, moving the cards around and it's not going to be right the first time. So like the whole day, I, I'm just thinking back to like the, the ones, how I learned them. I was just moving them around. Um, uh, and then the next day when I picked it up, it, it just like, oh, okay, now I, now you start picking it up. You know, like the first day you're not going to get it. 
uh, it's just not going to work. But then when you pick it up again the next day, your brain kind of already like, you know, to wire it, it remembered what you were doing. Okay. Right. So the more you do them, you'll notice like sometimes things just happen. For example, uh, oh, it's kind of hard to explain without actually showing you. But sometimes, but again, mistakes happen sometimes, and then you only know that those mistakes are happening by doing them constantly. So then, the next time you're doing them in front of like you know like a group of people or someone you're trying to impress, and that mis- you're like, oh, that mistake just happened, but I know how to fix it, and then you go back and do it. It's awesome. So it it sounds like it's got you know similarities to jujitsu, where you know just you know you gotta you know practice the move drill the move and then you're able to pick up on the mistakes where someone else probably won't know the mistake if they're not you know privy to your your knowledge of what you're trying to do so it all comes together i feel like jujitsu is like the same like blueprint for everything else right Mm -hmm. which is practice hard work um all, all that stuff like you know like Learning a mistake, making a mistake, the other person doesn't know the mistake. In different types of sports, like in chess, uh, in card magic, in, in basketball, in, in everything, it's all kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, there's kind of a formulaic blueprint to it all. You know, like you said, whether it be basketball, football. I, I think also for it just depends on you know what you're into. I know for me with jujitsu. I'd be happy to go to an open mat and drill one move for 40 minutes over and, you know, over and over until I feel comfortable versus if you put me on a basketball court, I have zero left hand. I can dribble with my left hand to save my life. (laughs) If you told me my loved ones were going to die, if I can't dribble up the court in a straight line with my left hand, like, look, the next question that I ask is like, y'all want to be cremated or will y'all want to be buried? Because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> not, I, I can't make that happen. But jujitsu, like jujitsu, on the other hand, I will go and work that move forever just to get better at it. But like, again, basketball, and I love basketball, but there's no interest. <laughs> there's not enough interest in me, you know, learn how to do it with my left hand or, I mean, hell, I'm trash at layups. Everyone can make a layup. I cannot make a layup. I've smoked a bunch of layups. So, man, they, they would, there'd be times they would just leave the lane open because they knew I wouldn't drive in. And if I did drive in, I was going to miss the layup. So I just got good at hitting threes. Oh, yeah. My mid range and my threes. I got, I mean, at least that's good. At least they don't say, let him shoot when you get the ball. Yeah. Oh my God. That you know, <laughs> I, I don't know like how much NBA you follow, but I don't watch a lot of NBA. But every so often I check in, and uh, uh, Russell Westbrook. I think at one point they're like, "Look, this dude misses everything. Just leave him open." And it started getting in his head. They were leaving him open because they knew, "Oh, he's just gonna take a shot and he's gonna brick it so bad." And sure enough, that became the thing. They're just leaving him open, and it started messing with them. It was like. <sighs> Dude, I'd, I'd probably. Well, oh, that's he, he's making that millions. <laughs> he, he he's making tons of money doing yeah. it. Like me in the, in the street ball is like I probably would stop just showing up. It's like, look, there's other things I could do. Yep. Uh, you know, 
have you ever heard of i'm gonna uh change this topic here real quick have you ever heard of like sacred geometry i have not like you know how like everything in like physics is kind of like geometrical mm -hmm. you, you haven't heard of that yeah oh it's kind of, uh, it, it's interesting because so Nikolai Tesla said that if you if you want to find like the secrets of the universe you have to like think in terms of frequency vibrations and um, and sound or something and then like sound waves creates like geometric symbols and you find it in nature and all that and then in jujitsu we're literally putting our bodies in geometrical shapes yeah i don't yeah. know i just thought that was a cool connection like when you really think about it yeah i mean we're, we're contorting ourselves in ways that most people wouldn't imagine we're capable of doing anyway i mean like whether it be, like what is that yeah, oh my god yeah <laughs> matrix and you know like you know matrix and uh all types of like inverts and and you know just different types of guards it's like squid guard it's like okay like like why is this guy on one shoulder rolling around on the floor like what's I didn't your know that favorite was guard um right now we've been working um you know with x uh x guard single leg x stuff like that so um just kind of messing around with you know a lot of the entanglements you know in x guard stuff like that but as far as like just where i feel most comfortable is probably lasso spider stuff like that lasso? so obviously geese stuff okay. uh, i just feel like with lasso there like there's a control point as long as you you've got the lasso like correctly there's control point there that you can take your time and do whatever you want but if it's loose then obviously you're going to have a little bit of trouble you know getting the move off but um lasso is probably the thing i go to most but lately we've been working a lot of stuff from x guard and i wouldn't say it's my least favorite it's definitely not my favorite, but it's something that I, I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident and in, in working around. But if it's up to me, you know, I'm going to get us back to close guard and then, you know, transition to lasso and start working lasso spider uh, type hybrid there. Nice. Yeah. If someone has a really good lasso, it gets annoying trying to break out of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, as much as I love using lasso, I can't stand when someone goes for it on me and I, I tend to, because I'm aware of it because I like it so much. I, I you know, I keep the one arm kind of tight to my body. So as you try to go for it, you might get, you know, the leg looped around, but I'm not going to let you get it already, you know, all the way sunk in. But I think was it this, this past um, Wednesday I got caught. And the thing is, I think I was just being lazy. My teammate got me and, I just had to accept the fact, look, I'm not getting out of this. Let me try to figure something else out from this point. So, and I did not in time. He, he ended up dumping me on my Sweeping head. You? So, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just make me feel silly it, right, right in front of coach too. So that's what, you know, was the thing that really got me. He's like, come on, dude, you could have done, you could have done that anywhere else. You could have like swept me in a different direction, but you swept me right at coach's feet. Come on, dude. Why? Like, like we're friends. <laughs> 
Uh, what what's uh, a go to guard for you? I like close guard. I do close guard. In training, I'll experiment with everything. I'll, I'll try to do everything. You know, like it. You know, it depends where the role is going. Uh, but in competition, I, you know, it looks like subconsciously I just go into close guard. I feel safe there. But I also attack. You know, uh, I'm breaking my opponent's posture down. I'm trying to hit bump them, going for collar chokes, making them hard for them to stand up. Um, yeah. And uh, but recently, since most of my submissions and competitions are all arm bars, uh, when I have someone in close guard, I've come across a problem where they just don't want to stand up, and they're kind of like just keeping tight, and. And it becomes hard because, you know, I'm like, you know, moving their head. I'm trying to go side to side. I'm trying to off balance them. And, you know, they're just kind of like staying there. Uh, so that's kind of like, I don't know. I don't like to stay. I, I like to be active in, in, when I'm rolling. I don't know. I guess I like to make it entertaining for whoever is watching. But, I'll, you know, still do like the good moves, play strategically and all that. Yeah. But when I'm when I'm rolling, I feel like. I'm in an anime, so I'm trying to like, and or in a competition, I should say, not not when I'm not every single role, but yeah. So I don't know, maybe I can try opening up my guard real quick into spider and then close it or something. But it's because since I'm posting everything on Instagram, you know, when before competition, you know, people look up who they're yeah. competing against, and then they they, they see all that. And then some people say sometimes, oh, like, what if, you know, they know all your moves now? But I don't think it matters. Well, no. It, it shouldn't. I mean, if, if, you know, you're working and you're perfecting your craft, they can, you know, they can know your moves all they want. But, you know, if you're good at what you're doing, it won't matter that they know your moves. And, and not only that, it's like, okay, so they know your moves. Do they know the follow-up or the backup, you know, you know, if you transition to something else just to come back to what you wanted originally, I mean, there are games to it. Yeah. Like in comp, like in competition, sometimes I'll just hear coaches yell, he's going to go for the arm bar. He's going to shoot the triangle. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, in competition, you know, they can, you know, see what you may be going for, think what you may be going for. But in all reality, it's like, look, we all know there's so many different avenues to go in jiu-jitsu. Just because it looks like he's going for this doesn't mean he's going for this. As a matter of fact, because they say he's going for this, you know, now you might have something else in your back pocket that you can transition to. Or it could also be a ploy on the coach's part to say he's going for this. Just make you think, oh, he knows I'm going to go somewhere else. But, you know, that's the beauty of the game. It's a big old Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Do you, uh, have you ever done a competition? Yeah, I, I competed at White Belt way back when I started. Well, when I started, I wasn't even training that often. So once I was able to start training more regularly, like more than once a week, I decided, oh, you know, we got a competition coming up. It's right around the corner from my house. Let's go to it. And 
it it was I felt like it was a disaster. Oh, really? Um, Why? You know, like like I went in. Um, what was I competing at? One eighty four, I think it was, and I, I think I was over. I think my scale was off, is what it was. And I, you know, like I got on the scale and it said one eighty six. I was like, oh shit, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm fucked. So you know, I, I added some time though. So I came downstairs, hopped on the treadmill, ran for a little bit, uh, weighed myself again, and I was at one eighty five. And I was like, oh, uh, sorry, I was gonna, I have to lose five pounds by next Saturday. I, I mean, you know. It seems doable, but I, it, I guess it all depends. You I'm know, hungry right now. Oh my god, dude, that's that's the worst. Well, because like for me, I I didn't know shit, so you know I was eating pretty light, but not like I wasn't starving myself. But it was like the shit that I was eating. It was just like this is not Dante friendly. This is not some shit that I normally eat. You know, it's like I'm like you know. Fucking salad. It's not, not that I don't eat salads, but it was like, it seemed like that's all there was. Salad, you know, big chicken, shit like that. I was like, God, this sucks. I hate all of this. I probably would have actually, and I did actually end up making weight. Their scales were calibrated, I guess, probably correctly. So I got there. Um, I had on, you know, sweatshirt, sweatpants, shoes, and the guy goes, it'll kick your shoes off for you on the scale unless you want to move up a weight class. I kicked my shoes off. And I was like, shit. He said, like, all right, you're good. 183. I was like, what? <laughs> all right, cool. And like, I think we went on at three o'clock when, when uh, my name got called up and I was going to the bathroom. I was like, okay, I got to go pee real quick. I get all the way around. I'm walking into the bathroom door and I hear my name called on the loudspeaker. I was like, well, fuck. Oh, it's a disaster. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, all right, well, let me run all the way back around to Matt 5. I get out there. I'm nervous as all fuck. Tap hands. Uh, and the other guy, I can tell he's nervous too. So it's really a matter of, of who's less nervous. You know, we're fighting for position. He ends up getting the takedown. He gets his two. And then, you know, it's just kind of a mad scramble on the ground at this point. He's up 2-0. Not really getting any position in. Uh, he got my back, but never got his hooks in. I think he went immediately for a bow and arrow. And I fancy myself as being someone that defends those pretty well. So I'm cool. Like, I'm actually really relaxed. I'm just hanging out. I hear my coach scream, Dante, don't you fucking tap. So, I, you know, I gave him a thumbs up, like, not good. You know, we, we straight. What, what you talking about? And... <laughs> Just the dude let go. And then just of the like, bone arrow? He, yeah, he let go of the bone arrow. I think he was exhausted. I turned around and rolled into side control. And then the timer went off. And so I didn't think I won yet. You know, I'm standing there like an asshole, like, oh, God, you know, this sucks. I got to get better. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel my arm get raised. I was like, what? And my coach runs on to the I was like, dude, could you not wait till the last second to win your match next time? I was like, what yeah. are you talking about? And then he, he shows me the video. I was like, oh, okay. So I don't really take credit for that because it's like I, I didn't win. The dude just gave up. He like 
you know, and then I guess my one coach was saying is like, the thing is though, you stayed in the fight. You never let them get any other points. You didn't let them tap you. So you did something. It's like, I get that, but I felt like for myself, I didn't do enough. Like I should, like I should have been able to do so much better, but I uh, get uh, That was um, the first match. The next match was by the finals. Cause it was only, it was a five man bracket. And um, I went up against a dude in the finals and what he beat me five zero. And basically what it was is he got his takedown. He got side control. I got the uh, half guard. And at this point, I didn't know what half guard was. So I'm just oh, sitting there like doofus in half guard, you know, and later on, the guy was really nice. He goes, dude, like there was one point where you had me off balance. Like if you would have just like sat up, you would have had a sweep. I go, that's really cool of you, but you should have told me that while we're on the mat. Like it would have been so much more helpful. Um, <laughs> and then after that, um, a week later, we had uh, the DC Open was here in uh, Maryland. And or it was two weeks later. I was like, okay, I'll sign up for that. But because I wear a colostomy bag, I wear a rash guard under my gi. And for IBJJF, you can't uh, compete with the rash guard under your gi. And I sent the email, asked for an exemption, yeah. said no, like, we, we, like get a neoprene brace. So I, I just kind of scratched that off my list. And then Wait, from that point, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I kind of missed it. Why? Why did you want to wear a rash guard? Because I wear a colostomy bag, so, um, like I, I don't, I'm not comfortable rolling with no rash guard on under my gi, uh, just because okay. the bag yeah. being exposed and everything. And mm-hmm. I, I think from that point, I really thought about. It. I was like, I don't know that I really like competing, like. It, it's a fun experience to be there and cheer the team on. And, you know, I've coached the kids classes and stuff, and I've, I've been out there to coach the kids. I don't know that I like it, though, myself personally, just being on the mat and competing. I like, you know, in gym, you know, to, you know, having hard rounds. I love that. But I think there's just something about, like, being on the mat competing. If there's something different to it for me where I'm like, I don't like this. It almost feels like it's finite. You know, it's like if I lose this, this is the end of the mm-hmm. world type thing for me versus if I get tapped in practice, it's like, okay, we still got another four minutes of this round. Let's go. When you get tapped in competition, it's like, damn, that was fast. Like I drove way out here to go on this mat for 13 seconds. Fuck. I feel like Josie Aldo. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that, that that feels like that, especially like since you gotta you know travel to these tournaments. I think the second time I did Gi Worlds, my uh, first opponent he did it was a no show. Mm. So I said so, so I went on to the second round, and it was uh, the guys like ranked seven, and I just wasn't in the right headspace. I feel like. Maybe I, I was I was like you know doubting my jujitsu and stuff like that. So then once the match starts, you can you can see it clearly like as I'm walking onto the mat as I'm kind of like it was in me. And if you saw some of the, like the, the highlights, I, I do like this jumping arm bar. Yeah. Um, and the guy, so I I had been working on that move, you know I've been getting on everyone in the gym at open mats and stuff, 
So the guy, he, he comes at me, he lunges and sticks his arm out. And I hesitate for like a second. And then, and then in my mind, I'm like, why did you hesitate? So then I jump for it. And then I kind of do have his arm, but he kind of put, he put me in single leg X. If I would have done it when the timing was there, the match would have been over already. He would have been, I would have arm barred him. Uh, so then I, I break out of the single leg X and I, I just fall straight into side control. I pass him. And my, one of my friends, he's really good on all these statistics and facts. And he was all like, oh, that guy got third place at Pans and nobody passed his guard uh, at that tournament. So like I pass his guard, right? Um, but so I pass his guard and then I'm kind of stuck there and it's going good. And then something just happens and he creates some space. He hips away. He, he ties me up, breaks my posture down and then boom, I get arm barred. And this all happens in like less than a minute, uh, maybe like a minute. Yeah. So I, yeah, I felt really bad after that, you know, you know, you drove down to so SoCal for it, for the paid, the tournament fee, all, just all the expenses. And just to like not perform how you, like, I didn't perform how I knew I, I could have performed. I wasn't my best. Um, so yeah, that kind of, you know, it got it got to me, but it it made me think because I was at middleweight, and I'm like, okay, the next time I compete, I'm not, I can't feel like this anymore. I need to you know work on my habits. I need to work on my mindset. I need to do all these things. And now I'm at lightweight, so I cut like 15, 20 pounds. And since I since I've been doing lightweight, I've always like you know I, I I've been just I've been doing really well. Good. Uh, so it's it's been working with that shift. I always think to myself when it comes to the ideal of competing, I think for me, part of it too is I don't know that I can put myself in the right headspace. You know, I, I, it's like I don't take it serious enough, you know, because I'm a, I'm a silly guy. So, like, even when I'm rolling with, you know, teammates, you know, I'm I'm just being goofy and silly. It's like, okay, now imagine me on the mat. Like when I was rolling, you know, in the first uh the first match of the competition, there's like this this uh sense of urgency. It's like shit, I'm I'm not in a good spot, you know. Whereas the second match, like, you know, I'm in bottom half guard and I'm you know, I'm talking, I'm not saying anything loud enough for the ref to hear to, you know, disqualify me, but you know, I'm like you know, like trying to talk shit to the guy, like trying to like distract him. It's like, ah oh, man, guess the jokes aren't working today. <laughs> like, this is weird. You know, so it's like, I feel like for myself, it's like some people are just better off just, you know, instructing from the sidelines. You're like, hey, yeah. don't let them arm bar you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I'm not good at this either. Maybe I, I feel like I'm a podcast. Yeah, I feel like I'm a horrible coach. My brother, he uh, he competed a while ago, and I feel like he ended up losing. It was it was like a close match until he got swept. But I feel like I could have been a better coach. I was like filming, I was like recording. I feel like I was more focused on recording for him than being present and, and coaching him. So I feel like it's like yeah. my loss too. It, it's a tricky one because it's like yeah, if you're recording and trying to coach at the same time, it's like. 
it's like which one you know are you you know focusing on because i've tried doing that once too and it's like oh, I, I can't because i think i was like trying to like you know guide them like okay okay they cool like breathe all right so you're fine you're fine meanwhile the camera is now off onto another mat <laughs> yeah it's like oh shit like they did a cartwheel pass and i didn't catch that because <laughs> i was trying to coach them yeah but but yeah you know ultimately you know jujitsu in itself all of it whether it be for a hobby for competing for self-defense for mental health you know we all have our different reasons for being on the mats and taking in this hobby because otherwise it's like you know i like to say that jujitsu is not for everyone but i do think everyone should give it a try that way you can know you know mm-hmm. it's like my wife she you know she says look i i don't feel comfortable you know, doing, doing, you know, jujitsu, being that close with people, da, da, da. And I, you know, I explained to her, like, look, chances are I would work with you in the beginning anyway, just for your comfort. You know, and then there's other females at the gym as well that, that will work with you and help you also. But I think at the end of the day, it's just not something that she, you know, would enjoy. And that's fine because, I, I do think grapplers, whether it be jujitsu, wrestling, sambo, judo, you know, I, I I think a lot of us, we're not tightly wound. You know, we are a different breed of human where it's like we go and fight each other. We try to manipulate each other's joints and then we go out and get Korean barbecue afterward. Like, like shit is cool. And it yeah. is. I yeah. think that's uh, to me, that's that's super normal. <laughs> exactly that shit's yeah. normal to me it's like let's beat the shit out of each other and then let's go get foe afterwards and it's like okay cool and then we sit down and and a lot of times we don't even talk about jujitsu when we're eating and yeah like, not yeah no because like it's it's weird like with your friends who like who who don't train you'll like talk jujitsu about them but then with your friends who do train you know you already got all your you know you already trained jujitsu so now after you're just like not even talking about jujitsu anymore, just talking about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like a lot of us are into comic books. A lot of us are into, you know, comic book movies. So that's where our conversations steer to. We we're like, all right. So, you know, you know, what do you think about, you know, flash, you know, the new flash movie coming up or what do you think about, you know, guardians three? And it's just like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. You know, you were just, you know, you did just I, put me to sleep 20 minutes ago. I thought Ezra Miller got canceled already. No, he's still canceled. <laughs> but oh, okay. so last night, so we, I, 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 uh, I'm part of another podcast called Nerd Rage Radio. And we just recorded episode 400 last night. And, and that came up, Ezra Miller. So what came up was kind of the whole thing with Jonathan Majors right now and whatever's going on with him. And Ezra Miller and, you know, the question of, you know, stars getting canceled and, you know, the, the talk was like, okay, well, Flash is coming out now. Suddenly Ezra Miller's not canceled anymore. It's like, well, he is, but you have to also keep in mind too, that, you know, there's so many other people that are part of this project. So after this Flash movie's done, I think they're moving in a whole different direction with DC anyway. 
So they like, need to put me behind the team. They keep messing it up. Well, you know, honestly, like going back to like uh, the early 2000s when we got the Spider-Man films and the X-Men films and things like that. Those are good. So I love, well, I wouldn't say I love the first Spider-Man, but I really enjoyed it. I love the second Spider-Man. That's still one of my favorite Spider-Man films. Um, When we get to the X-Men stuff, you know, you start hearing like, oh, Brian Singer's a fan. He's a big fan. You know, we're we're getting fans to make these films. And the thing is about these uh, directors that we're calling fans at the time, at least, it's like, were they a fan of the projects before they were attached or did they become a fan because they were attached to the project? Because when you look at something like what Brian Singer did with the first X-Men movie, it was exciting because this is the first time we're going to get a live action X-Men movie in the theaters. We had back in 97, they did a made for TV movie called generation X, which was kind of based off of a newer team that they just came out with um, in the nineties, you know, off the X-Men brand. But that was a made-for-TV thing. I think it could still be found on YouTube. I'm going to actually try to watch it because I had to go to church that night. It was like Ash Wednesday or something. I don't know. Like, we went to church, and mm-hmm. I knew I was going to miss it, and I was upset. And, you know, back then, this was before the internet, you know, was the internet. So I couldn't just go and find it again or catch a rerun or stream it. Like, you yeah. missed it, you missed it. Um, But... You know, you you had a lot of like people that they would claim were fans of these projects, and then when you see the project, it's like this. You're not no, this is dog shit. I don't know if it was a matter of the studio being too heavy handed, or the director or actors or whoever just saying, "Well, I'm a fan. I'm going to change things though," because you know, if I were to have done it, whereas now you have people like James Gunn who's going to be running DC, um, the DC branch of Warner Brothers. And it sounds like he's, I mean, James Gunn, you know, his his record speaks for itself with the Guardians movies and the latest Suicide Squad movie and uh, Peacemaker, you know, so he at least has an investment in this, you know, to give the fans something that they really want versus, you know, having Brian Singer come in and saying, well, I can really relate to the X-Men story being a gay man. And it's like, maybe, but we want the X-Men story to just be an X-Men story that we can all enjoy. And that's not to say that, you know, him being a gay man, you know, doesn't make that story enjoyable, but it's a matter of what are you doing with X-Men? Like, like, are you going to give us the X-Men where, you know, we get the actual first class or are you giving us X-Men team where Iceman is a student. Meanwhile, Scott, Gene and uh, Storm are all teachers you know, it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, Bobby should be amongst that group as well. You know, he's one of the original five. You know, we we don't even get our, you know, Angel in there anywhere. We don't get Beast into the third movie. So it's like, you know, they just took popular pieces of the X-Men and threw it into a movie. They were like, well, people know Rogue. We'll throw Rogue in there. People know Wolverine. We'll throw Wolverine in there. And they know Storm. Yeah. They know Storm. They're not. They're not sticking to the the source material that's already there, laid out for them. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's what you know the fans want to see. You know, mm-hmm. they want to see what the comic books had. Yeah. Well, I mean, when the MCU came about, you know, starting with Iron Man, it, it was just that they're like, look, let's give it to them in in some sort of order, modernized, and. 
you know, it's not perfect by any means, but it was a good run. And, you know, these days when you look at what DC is doing, they're, they're trying so hard to play catch up to Marvel in the movie department that they completely ignored what they could have easily done. And now, you know, now here we are all as fans. It's like, look, let us just take over. <laughs> like, please yeah. let us, like, <laughs> we can fix this for you because, like, the executives obviously think, well, we know what moves movies. We know what puts asses in seats. And it's like, you don't, though. Or, like, no, actually, they do. People will go see these movies. Mm-hmm. But then the second week drop off is so bad that, you know, you start to wonder, do you guys know what you're doing? Like you're not making a movie where people want to come back to see it a second and third and a fourth time. Whereas like, you know, they dropped Suicide Squad, the first one. And it was like, I was excited. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, we're going to finally get a Suicide Squad movie. Let's do it, son. Let's go. And then I watched, I was like, man, those first 45 minutes were great. I don't know what y'all do with the rest of the fucking movie, but. I fell, I fell asleep, I think, halfway in the movie. It was, I had a long night that night, but. Uh... <laughs> Usually it doesn't happen. Usually I don't fall asleep in the movie theater. I mean, honestly, that first Suicide Squad movie around that halfway mark where you fell asleep, you're good. <laughs> you didn't miss nothing. <laughs> like I, like your body knew. Your body said, dude, Carlos, just go now. <laughs> like sleep is like we need to get you out of here. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's as a as a 45 year old man at this point i'm I'm also kind of in that mindset of like should i really care you know i care but should i be this attached and i feel like the answer is no i shouldn't be this attached to me honestly the movies like my wife and i before i started recording i was watching guardians volume two and my wife she pointed out an issue that she has with the guardians movies is um, unlike the other Marvel films, they do a good amount of cussing in the guardians movies. It's not anything horribly egregious. Like they're not dropping F bombs, but you know, I think in the trailer, cause we went to see the super Mario brothers movie. And uh, my wife said in the trailer, I think star Lord is talking to Gamora and he calls her a dick. And it's like, damn, dude, that's in the trailer. Like, yeah, at the Super Mario Brothers movie of all places where <laughs> everyone's bringing their kids to see it. Um, poor choice. You know, on that, I haven't watched the Super Mario movie yet, but uh, I was thinking, me and my friend were talking about it, and we're all like, what if they make like a Nintendo verse movie, like movies, mm-hmm. and then at the end. Like wherever this these movies lead up to, it's like a Super Smash Bros. movie where the hand re- recruits Ooh. all of them and, and makes them all like engage in like combat or something. That'd be sick. Oh, I, I like I like I like how you're thinking, Carlos. I like this. Like I, I'm in for that because that'd be awesome to see, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on board. I hope that's where they're going with it. The Super Mario Brothers. movie, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I I honestly would go see it again in theater, and I don't I don't see movies on repeat in theater. But I like if my cousins were like, "Hey, you want to go see that movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, son, <laughs> let's go again." Like, like when y'all trying to go? Shit, I might go oh, next week. <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, if they if they ended up doing something like that, I think that would that would be huge fan service and all. So that'd be crazy. I got the switch right here. Nice. So I, I was trying to convince my wife to let me buy a switch for my daughter for her birthday. And she was like, no, she I don't think she's ready for it yet. And I'm like, I, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not buying it for her. Like I'm oh, buying yeah. it for me. But I just want to make it seem like it's a gift for her because, you know, it, it, it you know, I guess it kind of paints a bad look in the house if I go out and buy a video game system for myself. But yeah. I mean, it, not it wouldn't be because it's no different if I went and got a PS5. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, if I get a PS5, you know it's for me. It's not for her. But if I get a Switch and it's kind of that thing, we're like, oh, is that for the family? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I've been I've been pretty good about it. So I've been playing. Uh, I bought I got this like a week ago. So because I'm a huge Zelda fan, and the new nice. Zelda game comes out in May. So I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now for the first time. I've been pretty good, you know, playing like 30 minutes a day or maybe like every other day. And, you know, I'll just turn it on, hop on, run through a few, you know, like stuff and then play later. So it's been you should get it. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do, my, my daughter's birthday is in May. We're probably going. I don't know what the plan is for her. I think my daughter wants a bike. My wife's like, well, you know, you're, you're you're not even comfortable riding a scooter. And I'm like, look, get her the bike. Let her fall. Kids got to fall. How old is she? She will be seven. I want to get my daughter a bike so she can fall. <laughs> but um, if she wants a bike, I want to get her a Nintendo Switch. I, I don't know what the plan is. But ultimately, if we end up getting a Nintendo Switch, I know it'll be something that we'll all end up enjoying and playing. And with video games for me, I give myself a 30, 30 minute to an hour window because if I play for more than an hour, I start to, um, I get like this weird obsession with it and I won't let go. But if I play for less than 30 minutes, I also get this weird obsession where there's a whole bunch of what ifs like I have to like play for that 30 minutes at least to kind of get the like j- like kind of the the stuff out of my system. It's like, OK, I know what would happen. This would happen. That would happen. What um, games are you playing? I mostly play sports like Madden, um, mostly Madden right now, just with football season ending and then the draft uh, 2K because uh, we're NBA playoffs for right now. So. I'm kind of in that sports mode. If I'm not playing those, then, you know, I go back to uh, PS4 and play uh, uh, the Batman Arkham games. I'm trying to think. And then we, we still play uh, the Nintendo Wii, so we play Mario Party, my daughter and I. Every so often, I go back and play uh, Mario Party and um, Zelda from uh, Super Nintendo, Link to the Past. So nice. I play, I like playing. I have a PS4. Um, I play Destiny on there a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the VR headset too for the nice. PS4. So I played uh, this cool game called um, Dang, what is it called? I haven't played it in a while. Uh, oh, no, no. It's called What can I think right now? Firefall. Hmm. Yeah, it's called. So it's like I have a gun for it too. It's As you can see it, 
it, it's 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 right there. Do you see it okay. underneath my bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That white thing. That's that's the gun. Um, nice. Yeah. So you put the headset on, and then you know you're boom. You're in a new dimension. The VR, the metaverse, right? And yeah. it's awesome because with with the gun, you're like running through houses. If they throw like a grenade, you see it like roll up to you, and if it's like a flashbang or something, like Mm. It, it's it's sick um it, that game is pretty addicting when i when i was playing uh the vr headset the, the vr community is smaller than like the okay. other online gaming ones so then there was two guys who were in the same like um team as i and they said that they both called out like this is their second day calling into work ca- calling out of work so that they could uh play all day <laughs> I know the feels. Um, when I when I was in eighth grade, yeah, when I was in eighth grade, my grandfather got me a Super Nintendo for my birthday, and uh, my grandparents they would leave for work before I would go to school because I was a kid of the '90s. So it was kind of like, here, you're good. You can you can get to school yourself, and you can come home and be all right by yourself afterward as well. Sure, maybe. So my grandparents they went to work. So I think I skipped three straight days of school, just sitting at home playing Super Mario World. Like, and, and it wasn't even like, like I would stay up all night playing. Then I would like get a little bit of sleep, wake up, get dressed for school, let them leave for work, then just basically chill out and play video games. So I think eventually the school called my grandparents was like, yeah, so uh, your kid hasn't been here in days. Is everything okay? Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it, it like it was it was a weird time, but I, I understand the whole like once you get that new game, and, and and it gets addictive, you you want to just get it out your system. Uh, so I gets it, I understand completely. For you with with uh, gaming, uh, with the VR gaming specifically. I, th- I think there's like this boxing game um, on on Oculus, I think. Uh, have, have you played that at all or or seen it? I've seen it. I haven't played it. Um, so I have the PS4 heads VR. So that one, it's only like limited to like PS4 games. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've only played um, that Firefall game, Skyrim. Um uh, and I played Star Wars uh, Squadrons. Oh, that nice. one's sick. Yeah, you're in space and you're like, you're, you're basically like playing, you're jet fighting in space. Right. Yes, like it's, 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 it's so cool because you can change the cockpit uh, however you want. And say like I'm flying through space, right? You can look through your, you can look back to see like how, like if they're on your tail. And, and then, oh, nice. and then like adjust or whatever. I think the, I like the new that. PS4 headset came out, but I probably won't get it. Or the PS5 VR headset. Yeah. I haven't been gaming too much because since I've just been doing jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu has really... Um, so, so for the past... So I've been training jiu-jitsu four years. From those four years, I've probably... Out of like all of like 365 days from the years, I've probably trained 90%. I haven't taken any breaks. haven't... You know, I used to go to concerts and stuff. Uh, you know, I would spend money, go to EDC, go go to see a show, go all these. And those were fun. 
but right now I'm in like my jujitsu jujitsu era <laughs> phase. So my my time is just um, mostly work, jujitsu, and then I'll squeeze in all my other things that I like to squeeze in. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. It, it, it's you know when I started jujitsu, a similar thing happened to me where I cut out everything else. I cut out basketball. I, I actually it cut out drinking and partying altogether. That's yeah, that's what I've cut out. Uh, and I mean, I feel like I'm in great shape. Um, and you know, I'll still like I'll still like you know drink and enjoy beer or something like that. Yeah. But but now I'm like super conscious, like you know, I'm, I'm with health and you know, want I want to perform, I want to be able to go onto the mats. And I, I guess that just goes back to like me being super competitive yeah. uh, and wanting to compete. I think when I started, because at the time I could only train on Saturdays and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to drink on a Friday night and then come in Saturday morning and train. I, I didn't want to come in number one, smell like booze, but number two, I didn't want to be sluggish and be a bad teammate. And then, for me is like, well, also keeping kind of that momentum going. I didn't want to drink on Saturday night either. So in general, I just kind of, I slowed down with drinking. Like now that I'm older, there's a little bit of a balance. Cause I think what I started back in 2015, maybe 16, my daughter was born in 16. So 2015 is when I started. And then um, that started like training more seriously, uh, late 2016, uh, cause my job had changed at that time, but, you know, and even so I kind of kept with that same momentum. I just minimized, you know, partying and drinking. I mean, also at this point, you know, I'm an old man, you know, how much party can you really do, you know, going into your forties? I mean, yeah. you can still party, but the question is how, how late can you stay awake? Cause let me tell you, dude. Like when when we did Nerd Rage Radio episode four hundred, we got home at about one a.m. and I was like, "Look, man, I'm hungry. There's nothing in the house. Let me go. Like I'm just gonna go to McDonald's. I don't want to, but I have to. <laughs> so go to McDonald's. Yeah. I didn't even finish my food. Like you passed out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like I took. I was so tired I couldn't eat, and and I could feel it. I took two bites of my Big Mac, and just threw it away. I was like, man, I am too tired to eat. I think I've been there. I had a flashback. Me and my friend, we just like, after like parting, like, I don't even know how late we get to, we go to Jack in the Box, we get the munchie meal. Mm. And I think, I I think, I don't remember if it was me or him. One of us just didn't finish it. I think it was him. He, he, He just, as soon as he unwrapped his munchie meal, he just fell asleep. In the car with his with his with his munchie meal right there. <laughs> yeah, that that's like that's kind of where I was, and I don't, I wasn't really drunk last night. I was just I was just tired. I'm old. Yeah, I was. Like, I was sitting there. My wife was like, "I'm going to sleep." I was like, "All right, cool." I'm a you know I'm sitting there. What did I put on? I, I what? Oh, I put on Cocaine Bear. I was like, "All right, I'm watch Cocaine Bear. I'm going to eat this burger." Took two bites. I was like, "Damn, dude, I'm tired as fuck." Threw the burger away and just went to sleep. I was like, "Man, I want to watch Cocaine Bear, but I can't. I'm too tired. Like being old is a detriment." But it's like 
I am a night owl. I'm usually up late, but it's like, you know, when you combine all the other stuff, that's where it becomes kind of that problem because, you know, I wasn't drunk, but I did like, you know, drink in celebration, you know, for the episode and then, you know, got home and I was just like, I'm just tired. I can't, my body is broken. Like right now I feel good. Like, you know, doing the pod, you know, I'm going to record again later tonight. I got editing to do. So, you know, I got all my energy, but it's like, I can't combine alcohol with any of that. Like if I drink during the day at any point, I know that I'm probably going to be in bed by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Whereas if I don't drink, I'm probably yeah. up until 1 a.m. anyway. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much how I handle my, my drinking and partying. Oh, I just don't. Talk about food got me hungry. And, again, I have to cut five pounds. Mm, yeah. I think but, that's that's doable, right? Five pounds by Saturday. No, I, so I say it's doable, but I'm also a lunatic. <laughs> so, like, it's like doable, I would then. like. So we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap up now. Actually, anyway, I gotta I gotta go and set up for edit and then uh another recording later tonight. So Carlos, thank you for doing this, my friend. Cool. Um I, I I appreciate your time. I appreciate it. Is there uh are there any shout outs or mentions you want to do before we get out of here? Um shout out one world jujitsu. That's where I train out of. Um Shout out RK Swaff for having me on the event. Um, BJ Wiki, thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. And that's it, I guess. All right. Well. Oh, and of course, follow. Shout out myself. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Carlos Cruz BJJ. Yes, sir. I'll definitely put you in the show notes, obviously, because you are the guest. I'll make sure you're tagged there. Um, and again, I appreciate you sharing your time. As far as everybody else, all the listeners, thank you so much. I appreciate the hell out of everyone. And I know I've been saying that a lot lately. It's just doing all these all these podcasts, all these different projects, and, and the momentum that's going with them. None of this happens without you all as guests, you all as listeners. I appreciate the fuck out of everyone, so I love you all. If you don't have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram, Off The Mats Podcast on Instagram. Um, I, I'm all over social media, so you can find me. I, I'm, I'm a very open guy. You ask, you know, to be on, you know, we'll talk. We'll figure it out. Um, I want to give a big shout out to uh, our friends over at Arte Suave, uh, Fredo, uh, Kelsey. You know, you all running the program over there. Um, I'm not afraid of one pretty soon. So, you know, do some catching up and see what's going on with the program. So, you know, go give them a follow if you're not doing so already. I'll tag them in the links as well. Um, also want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Nerd Rage Radio, uh, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Ricky Tiki, uh, Marilyn Phil, Raul, uh, Casey, all you guys. Uh, thank you for everything that you guys do and, and just get me into this podcast game. So I appreciate the fuck out of all of you. I love you guys. Um, also, last big shout out to my other podcasts. So you like horror. If y'all like scary movies and stuff like that, go check out the podcast. Right now we're going through the decades of horror. Talk about the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I think we just dropped the 60s and we're working on the 70s right now. So 
Um, just stay tuned. We got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. And also shout out to Carlos Cruz, our guest here. I'm going to go ahead and make sure I get you tagged here in the notes. And um, otherwise, thank you, everyone. You guys keep listening, and I'm going to keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye. They poison. Now let me see his song.